Welcome to Granite State Golfers with Micah. I'm an avid amateur golfer in New Hampshire. This podcast dives into the stories of the top amateur golfers in my home state. We are about to tee off. Please join me. To kick things off in our first episode, we talked to the two-time defending champion of the stadium, James Pleat. I really enjoyed what James had to say at the end about why he loves this game. I hope you enjoy the interview. Well, James, it's good to meet you. And again, thanks for coming on the show. You're the reigning men's stadium champion, and you've actually won it now two years in a row in 2020 at your home course at Nashua Country Club, and then last year at North Conway, which is amazing to do it two years in a row. Um, And so I'd actually like to start with last year's tournament. And then from there, we'll go sort of back in time to how you got into golf. But going back to last year's state, state am, for those who may not be familiar with the format of the state am, can you just describe the sort of structure of the state am championship? Yeah, I mean, I guess the easiest way to describe it is it's kind of like March Madness. So, um, but effectively, it's two tournaments. So everyone goes in. I, I don't really know how many people um, make it to the final tournament, but it's over a hundred people, I think, uh, maybe like 120, 150. Um, you have two rounds of stroke play. So you post scores and then the top, um, 64 make it to match play. And then it's effectively like March Madness, a big bracket. So one plays 64 and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, it's effectively two tournaments. You're playing two rounds of stroke play to, for seeding basically. And then, uh, from there, it's just single elimination you against the other guy, you got, you don't post scores, you just play match play. So you're playing each hole, uh, you win the hole, lose the hole at it. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's different from a lot of the tournaments we play uh, in New Hampshire. And I mean, it's kind of like March Madness. It's very exciting, but you never know what can happen really. So it's, um, it's something new every time. So yeah. So by the time you get into match play and you go all the way through to the championship round, you're playing a lot of golf. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, so I, um, you know, before 2020, um, in the state am, I mean, I, I had made the semifinals, uh, which I think is usually making it to Friday. So yeah, essentially the tournament, the first two rounds are Monday and Tuesday, then Wednesday are the first matches. And then you just keep going. And if you are fortunate enough to win more matches, you play 36 on Thursday and Friday. And then if you're fortunate enough to make the finals, that match itself is 36 holes. So uh, it is a lot of golf. Um, after um, after I won at Nashua, I went to my dad and was like, I, I don't know how you've done this three times because it's, it's a lot. It's just a lot of golf and you're mentally and physically exhausted after the week. But uh, certainly a good problem to have because we love playing golf and yeah, especially competitive golf. Yeah, that's right. Um, so after yeah. the stroke play part going into match play, how were you, how did you do in stroke play and how were you feeling about your game going into match play? Yeah. I mean, um, going, I guess going into the tournament, you never really know what you're going to get. Um, you practice and prepare for it, but, um, you know, each round is different and the course is different and things like that. But I, I played, I played fine. The first two rounds, nothing spectacular. I think I was, um, the 11th qualifier or something. So, um, the previous year I was medalist, so it was a little bit, a little bit different there. Um, but, uh, played fine. No, no huge mistakes, nothing crazy, but, um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I felt okay about my game going into it. I think um, I just, I kind of didn't really want to get bounced early. That was my first main goal. Um, but really just to take each shot at, uh, you know, at a time really. Um, and, you know, as you go further into the week, you get more used to the course and again, you're just playing more golf. So you're getting warmed up. And I think, um, you know, luckily that's what happened. So, yeah. In the, so in the finals, you play, it's a 36 hole final. You're playing Brandon mm -hmm. Gillis, you know, last year, it's several months ago, but what do you remember about the final match against Brandon? Um, I remember the I guess the quality of play on both ends I mean I knew I'd heard a lot about Brandon he's a great player um I'd never played with him before but um you know I I was excited to you know see his game and also knew that I'd have to make a lot of birdies to keep pace with him um and so we the both of us really played well we exchanged birdies we have holes with birdies um and it's it's certainly fun to be in a match like that um where it's, I guess, for lack of a better term, kind of a shootout. So, I mean, you'd obviously rather be playing well than not playing well, but and I think definitely a turning point was, um, I think he was up for most of the first 18, actually, until the 16th hole, um, where we kind of had a, a flip uh, of momentum there. And then I actually ended up closing out the first match, winning the last three holes. Um, I think I was leading either one up or two up after the first 18, and then um, was able to build on that lead but yeah he was leading for most of the first match um, and I was just trying to hang in there and 16 was kind of a turning point so let's go back a little bit um, so you come from frankly a a very accomplished golfing family as I was reading about it which is which is amazing which I'll, I want to ask you about so your your father's won the state am three times your grandfather won it I think I've probably last lost track of how many times he won it and your great grandfather. So you're now the fourth member, if I have it right, of your family to win the stadium title, which is just remarkable. Um, tell me, you know, as a young kid, you know, what golf was like? When did you start playing? And and when did you start really getting into the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was definitely fortunate. Um, you know, my parents live, they still live very close to the National Country Club. So, um, you know, when I was younger, my dad would play a lot of golf and at first, we just, I, I, when I was really young, I'd just go over and run around on the course. And that was kind of my introduction. Um, and then not until really, I was like, I want to say five or six, I really started to, um, you know, go practice with him and play some holes and things like that. Um, so I, I was fortunate to, to have access that way to um, Nashua, which is a great spot. Um, and obviously my dad um, teaching me how to play golf as well as my uncle, Joel St. Laurent, he's a, or a golf professional. So um, he knew a lot about the golf swing. So having both of them um, to really guide me has been super helpful all these years, but um, yeah, really I was about five or six when I started playing and then would play in the junior club championship when I was like seven years old. And then, then not until I was about 10 um, did I really start playing like New Hampshire junior events, um, playing in the, the birdie and Eagle division, as they call them, I think they still call them that. So, um, those are a lot of fun. So yeah, that was kind of, kind of my introduction. Um, and it, yeah, it was just, I feel like it kind of happened organically just because we were at the golf course a lot. And obviously it was a big part of my family, uh, in general. So 
we um, it was nice. So it's it, I'm very lucky. How many stadium titles does your did your grandfather win? I believe he won eight, um, and then I, th- I think Bob Mielkars broke his record a few years back, but. Um, I think he won eight. Yeah. So moving into your high school years, uh, where did you go to high school and talk to me about what golf looked like for you during your high school time? Yeah. So um, I went to Nashville South. Um, I started off playing basketball and golf and decided to just focus on golf. So um, we had a team there. It was really, it was kind of my first, um, I guess, introduction into team golf. And it was so much fun. We had a great group of guys. Um, we we didn't win the state title, but we were pretty close a few times. So, um, but yeah, just a lot of fun, you know, getting to get out of school a little bit early to take a long bus ride to Keene to play at Brentwood. So that wasn't too bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we'd, we'd play matches um, after school in the fall. It was usually a pretty quick season, but um, like I said, great group of guys. We had a lot of fun. And I also, in the... Um, you know, in the summer would compete in junior events, um, you know, regionally. And uh, if I was lucky enough to um, qualify nationally as well. So um, kind of had that, that team golf in the fall and then um, in the summer, kind of my own individual stuff, as well as New Hampshire uh, men's events. So that yep. was kind of my, I, I had played in the stadium. Uh, I think my first one was when I was in middle school. I think I was 14. Um, so that was my first one. And then I just played in them through, um, through high school as well. Oh, wow. Um, so you leave high school, you go off to college. Um, did you, when you thought about where you wanted to go to college, was golf an important consideration? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I definitely wanted to play golf wherever I went. Uh, I, I think the first thing I did was look a little further south for a place that was um, a little bit warmer so I could play more <laughs> golf. Um, I looked pretty hard at Davidson College uh, in North Carolina. Um, unfortunately, they, they didn't have a spot for me. So, um, And then the Dartmouth coach, Rich Parker, um, who knew my dad from, you know, New Hampshire amateur events. He's a, he's a legend. He's played in a lot of stuff. Great player. Um, he contacted me and said, hey, you know, um, if you come to Dartmouth, you'll, uh, you'll play in every tournament for us. So and I was like, wow, I... <laughs> basically I wanted to use golf to get into a really great school um, and also go somewhere where I knew I could um, play in a lot of the tournaments. So, um, you know, when the Dartmouth coach reaches out to you and says something like that, it certainly catches your attention. So I basically for, for lack of a better term said, sign me up. So um, that's kind of how it, how it went. And um, it was an absolute blast. So much fun those four years. So, uh, and, you know, Coach Parker really made it special for all of us. Any particular highlights or wins that stand out for you from your time at Dartmouth? Yeah, I mean, I think um, my junior year, we were we were a good team. Um, I think we were actually, so we ended my junior fall winning two straight tournaments, and uh, one of which was Temple Tournament in Philadelphia, the Big Five, which we had some, I mean, with some pretty good schools playing there. Um, Temple had Brandon Matthews, who is now on the Corn Ferry Tour, really great player. Um, and I think Campbell was there as well. So some really good schools and we beat them in that tournament and then won another tournament the week after. So we had some momentum um, after that fall. And then that spring, um, we we were leading um, 
the Ivy League championships and then uh, kind of all at once uh, started playing poorly and we ended up losing to Penn in a playoff. Um, and while it was it was really disappointing, I think the whole playoff experience uh, was actually a lot of fun, just having that much pressure on you. We played uh, as a tensum because it was two two teams and we just didn't want to split into groups. So um, it was really fun. The outcome was not good, but um, that junior year was pretty special. We had, we had a good team. Um, our best player, Pete Williamson was a very good, also a New Hampshire guy, um, very good player. And that year he was just a machine. Um, and I was just trying to be consistent as well. And we had some depth as a team. So it didn't work out the way we wanted to, but those wins in the fall were really special. And then I think personally, um, my senior year, my last tournament was the Ivy League championship at um, Caves Valley in Maryland. And, um, you know, I was able to play well enough to get all Ivy, um, which was, I think, top five individual or something like that. So while we didn't play that well as a team, um, that was a highlight for myself. But um, really just, again, great group of guys. We, um, we found fun ways to, I guess, pass the time in those long van rides to whether it be New Jersey or Pennsylvania or something. So we, we just had so much fun. Oh, that sounds it. Um, so moving yeah. post-college years, do you go back to playing a lot of um, USGA, New Hampshire GA events? What does tournament schedule look like for you, you know, once you leave Dartmouth? Yeah, I mean, um, since now I have a job, I think it's uh, the, the schedule has calmed down a little bit more since college because um, when I'd be home for college in the summer, I'd just get to play in anything, which is great. But um, yeah, for now, it's a mixture of, you know, the New Hampshire State Am uh, and just trying to qualify for some USGA events. Um, I tried for the USAM. I actually haven't for a few years, but would like to get back into that. Uh, and now now that I'm older, uh, try for the US Mid-Am, which um, has been a lot of fun. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to qualify for the tournament in 2019 and this past year in 2021. So um, yeah, it's kind of a mixture and um, always great to still play in the New Hampshire stuff. Um, you know, the, the state and the stroke play, and then maybe at some point playing the new Englands, but yeah, it's um, the tournament schedule is a little bit, a little bit less crazy, but um, it's still so much fun when you're able to get out there. Yeah. So you, your home course is Nashua. Um, and mm -hmm. for, for people listening who maybe haven't played Nashua, talk to me about mm -hmm. what, what that country club's like, what's the course like? Yeah. Um, it's, I would say it's an older style course, so it's a little bit shorter. Um, but overall, it's it's usually in very good shape. Um, our greenskeeper Greg Hollick always does a great job on the greens, and um, you know for the state and in 2020, they were rolling probably uh, the best I've ever seen them. So it was really really cool to see the course showcase, um, you know, or show that well during the the state and. But yeah, um, it's it's a good layout. Just everything's in front of you. It's a solid golf course and a fun one to play um you know day in day out you can definitely we've got some tough par threes especially 14 uh it's probably one of the hardest par threes in the state i would say but um a good set of par threes but uh you can certainly make some birdies out there but i the practice facilities are are really awesome the range is great spend a lot of time there with my dad so um yeah it's just a great spot overall but yeah the course is a lot of fun good shape um, for the most part out in front of you. When you 
you mentioned you know your job and that maybe a shift in tournament schedule so as we as we now enter golf season here in new hampshire and you think about the time you've got available to play golf whether that be playing a practice round or you know working at working on your game in the at the practice area how do you approach the time you put in do you have a a certain schedule you try to go after if you've got a few hours here are you more apt to go play nine holes or go to the go to the practice facility how do you approach your investment in the golf time yeah that's a good question it's something i've tried to kind of focus on a little bit more the past few years um i would say um the previous two years i since i moved back home during the pandemic with my parents it was very easy just to go to nashua after work um i'm actually back in somerville um just outside boston so it'll It'll look a little different this year, but I'm certainly going to try to get some practice in um, in that. But yeah, I think it's you definitely have things you want to work on. Um, so if you have a certain swing thought or anything with your chipping or putting, um, that certainly means that you should probably go work it out at the range or the chipping area, putting green, whatever it may be. And then once you think it's you know ingrained, you take it out on the course and try it out. Um, and see how it works also you know see how it works under pressure if you can try it in a tournament but yeah I, I think there's definitely a you definitely have to have a balance between practice and playing just because when you practice I feel like you can get a little obsessive and be kind of a perfectionist which is good in some cases but um, it's not how the game of golf works it's not how it works in tournament play you're not going to hit every shot perfect so that's what you know going out on the course really is important for it's going and learning learning about your game learning about your misses understanding what your tendencies are and then when you have those misses or you know try to protect against those misses but when things go wrong you know see how you can recover from that and that's really um what i've tried to focus on since college really um and i, I feel like it's it's really important just to have that balance between practice and playing because um, there there can certainly be too much practice um, or too much range work and too much playing and not enough practice on the range so um, trying to strike that balance and yeah. then obviously balancing balancing work is difficult too um, especially when it's busy so I try to get out when I can yeah but my dad was very good at doing that all these years so it's good to have him as kind of a model and you know if I'm having difficulty you know managing my time with that just being able to pick his brain and um, you know, see how he did it all these years. So, yeah. Um, how would you characterize your game, your strengths? What's your, what's some of the best parts of your game? What are you working on? What would, other, what the, some of the competitors that you've been playing against now for a few years in these tournaments, how would they describe your game? I think, um, I feel like overall I'm pretty good ball striker. I think one of my strengths is my driving. Um, I think, combination of, of length and accuracies, um, especially with the driver is good. Um, it, I feel like it gives me an advantage. Um, I, I would say weaknesses overall, my short game, I think could certainly use some work. Um, definitely compared to my peers. Uh, I feel like they make, they usually make a lot more putts than I do, which, which is tough, but um, certainly something to learn from uh, and kind of see how they do things and how they play. Um, you can definitely that that's the thing about golf you know anybody at any skill level you can you can learn from them so um because people's games are just so different but i would say 
ball striking would be a, um, a strong suit of mine. And then wedge game and um, short game would be things that I, I feel like I constantly need to work on. And, um, you know, if those click, then, um, you know, I feel pretty good about my game. But generally speaking, that's how I describe it. What advice would you have for, uh, you know, let's say a high single digit handicapper, you know, an eight or a nine handicapper who is maybe thinking about, has never played in any serious tournaments, but is thinking about signing up mm -hmm. for something like the mid-am and just sort of to get that, that experience of a real tournament play. What advice would you have for a golfer at that level who's thinking about playing in some real, say, New Hampshire GA tournaments? Yeah, I'd, I'd say my advice would be kind of, kind of what I said earlier, just um, try to understand your game as best you can. And, and most importantly, the imperfections in your game. So where you tend to miss things. Um, and just so you can better manage your game when you're in tournaments and things like that. Um, but also in terms of the, the competitive piece, I think um, there certainly is a difference between like competing in like club championships and things like that. And then um, New Hampshire tournaments, but getting that experience while um, I, I think it can certainly be nerve wracking at first, um, getting that experience is super helpful and it's um, just something to build on really. Um, and at the end of the day, like no matter how many tournaments you've played in um, or where you're playing, what the stakes are, all of us are nervous. Like all of us are nervous on the first tee. All of us are nervous over putts and short putts and things like that. So the nerves are part of it, definitely. Um, they don't go away, but just learning how to deal with them and kind of embracing them is, is really the big thing there. But um, yeah, I would say just try to understand your game as best you can and, you know, work on your um, weaknesses, but you're going to have those weaknesses. You're going to make mistakes in tournaments and that's what you learn from really. Um, you learn from your mistakes way more than you do your successes. I, I appreciate what you said about nerves. I've played in a couple of the mid-ams and um, yeah, it <laughs> nerves, a lot of nerves, uh, especially on the first tee when if you've never been to this kind of an event where they're actually announcing mm -hmm. your name, they're announcing, you know, your home course. Yeah. And you see some of the big names like yourself at the driving range or at the putting area before. And I, I certainly can remember being uh, nervous uh, last fall at the, at the mid-am, but it's good to hear that, that even at your level, the nerves don't really go away, but it's about, it sounds like it's really about learning from and acknowledging that it's okay to be nervous and just over time with more experience, you learn to manage those nerves a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. And it's it, the more you, the more you play in those tournaments, the, the more they go away, but I, I feel like they never fully go away. Um, and I mean, I feel like in, not just with golf, but in general, in life, when you're nervous for something, it means, you know, on the other end of that, there's something potentially great. So um, I think that's super important, but yeah, I, I, if anyone tells you they're not, nervous i i'm pretty sure they're lying so. <laughs> um so this gets a little bit into another arguably i think one of the more important parts of playing golf which is the mental side to it um and there there i feel like there's been a a great focus in the last few years with all the sort of new golf content that's out there about the the mental approach to golf and i'm wondering for you you know, let's go back to uh, the stadium last year. 
um, you know, bad shots happen. And so for you, with your experience in tournament play, when you do have a bad shot or a bad hole, what do you try to do to move on past that and not let it drag down your round? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard sometimes. Um, I think especially in match play, if you lose a hole or have a bad hole, I, I, I guess it would probably be easier to, to move on quicker um, if you have a bad hole in match play just because you only really lose one hole. But if it's stroke play, it can kind of almost derail your round. But um, I mean, it's tricky. I think it's cliche, but and I know all the pros say it, but it really is important. And I think it's something that um, early in the week at North Conway, I wasn't doing. And you kind of, when you don't play in tournaments, you kind of forget how important it is just to be fully zoned in and thinking about every shot and, you know, doing the math, figuring out the wind, figuring out what club you're going to hit kind of, um, yeah, taking it one shot at a time, but really just uh, the focus aspect is really important. Um, and just kind of, you know, in terms of having a bad hole or making a mistake, knowing that that does happen and that's part of the game, I think is important, but certainly it can, it can make you angry. It can, um, change your mood very quickly, but uh, yeah, I, I would just say staying focused on what you're doing in the present, um, and making sure, you know, you have all the information you need to make the proper decision on every shot. And then I think most importantly, just committing to it. Um, I, I feel like if you're not fully committed, if you're standing over a shot and thinking, oh, maybe I should like take in this club, that's, it's like arguably worse than hitting the wrong club. So it's the indecision piece um, can be difficult as well. But um, yeah, just learning to have a, a um, short memory and um, focusing on, you know, the task at hand. Talk to me about the sort of quality of players right now in the state of New Hampshire at, at your level. Um, how have you seen it maybe shift from your time, you know, when you were at Dartmouth to what's it, what is it like right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we have a lot of really good players in New Hampshire. Um, and I, I always... I love to tell people that because I, I feel like, especially, um, I mean, obviously we have a lot of college kids who are very good playing a lot of golf, hit the ball a mile, um, great players. And you, you know, I, I played against some of them um, in the stadium this past year and you get to see them every year and they're, um, they're definitely difficult to, uh, you know, to beat and to compete with. Um, so we have, we have a lot of great college players Um but I feel like we have a lot of really solid mid-am players. Um, Ryan Kohler is a great player. Jim Silly had a great year. Um, and uh, several others that I'm forgetting at the moment. John DeVito, one of my good buddies, you know. Um, they're all really good players. And they've had, um, for the most part, you know, success or have qualified for USGA events. Harvin Groft qualified second overall in the U.S. mid-am in uh, stroke play and made match play. And he... I mean, he played great. That was a really great achievement, not just for him, but for the state of New Hampshire. Um, and so I feel like we have a very good Maidan group um, and we see each other at all these tournaments. So it's, we're all really close. Um, we, we have fun at Tri-State. So we have a good group of guys who are very good players. Um, and I feel like we obviously like each other, but we obviously like to compete against each other too. So um, that makes it fun. So it's, yeah, I, I think it's, New Hampshire golf's in a, in a good state right now. And um, 
you know, we always look forward to seeing each other and playing against each other every year. I, I get to see Harvin once in a while up at the Oaks. And mm -hmm. uh, as we yeah. get as we get closer to the club championship, all the other golfers joke that we're playing for a distant second. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> Harvin's very um, solid. So as you think about the, this golf season coming up, um, obviously you're the defending champion uh, for the state am. Uh, this year it's going to be played at Abenaki. Uh, what are your thoughts on Abenaki and beyond beyond the the uh, stadium? What other key tournaments are you really excited about for the season? Yeah, so um, for Abenaki, yeah, I mean I'm very excited. I I honestly have not played Abenaki too much at all. Um, or I guess the last time I probably played it was in one of the New Hampshire Junior events. So uh, it's definitely been a while. I. I always hear great things about it. I feel like a lot of people um, compare it to Nashua or say it's kind of like a seacoast version of Nashua. It's usually really good greens, good shape. So um, it's certainly one of the better courses we have in New Hampshire. So I'm excited to play it. Um, definitely need to do some uh, practice round um, and studying before the tournament. But um, yeah, no, I, I always look forward to the state and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess outside of the state am, going to try to um, qualify for the U.S. Mid Am. That'll be later in the summer. Um, that qualifier, I'm signed up for one yet, but I'm going to at some point. Um, I guess depending on work, maybe the U.S. Am, but uh, and then obviously the the New Hampshire Mid Am, which I believe is at Owls Nest this year. So um, we've played there um, quite a few times. So um in the four ball which i think recent and the track dates were there last year so as of now that's my tournament schedule um like i said i mean going forward i'd maybe like to try to play in the new england a little bit more and um maybe try to play in the um or qualify for the usam again but um yeah so far that's that's about all i have at yeah. the moment that sounds like a good lineup let's talk about your a little bit about your clubs i think people are always interested uh you know what people are playing and sort of brand loyalty. Um, so walk me through your bag and and uh, how often do you go about tweaking or changing out equipment? Yeah, um, I actually have my clubs right here in my apartment next to me. Um, uh, yeah, so I um, play Mizuno irons. Uh, my dad has Mizunos as well, I guess, I want to say a few years ago. Uh, I, I guess I haven't always played Mizuno. I um, used to be a Titleist guy and I, I don't know, I just feel like nothing feels like Mizuno. Um, so I really love them. Um, and then I actually just got a new driver, but uh, it was late in the year last year. So I, did, I didn't really play with it too much. A Strixon driver actually. Um, so I uh, got fitted for that at Custom Clubs. Trevor's, Trevor's the man, he knows the stuff. So um, he set me up with that and um, just various other clubs, Bokey Wedges, Bettinardi Putter, and uh ping three wood so really no brand loyalty here other than maybe mizuno irons but um certainly like to get what what, what looks good and also feels good and something that i'm you know used to so and can be confident you know standing over the ball with um with that piece of equipment so um yeah i mean usually for irons depends on how much i play in practice but i feel like definitely the last couple of years uh have been doing both quite a bit so I usually cycle through a new set of irons every couple of years. Uh, they start getting worn out um, and wedges, same thing, but everything else kind of stays as long as, I don't know, as long as it 
feels like there needs to be a change. Yeah. But um, yeah, usually about every two years um, with irons and wedges. What about you, Micah? Um, I I had Mizuno irons. Uh, right now I'm playing the King, the new King Cobra irons that I got fitted for. Okay. Um, Callaway driver, Callaway metalwoods, uh, Scotty Cameron putter Vokey wedges nice. um so mm-hmm. no one brand mix it around and mix. similar yeah. i approach it similar to you although i, I don't probably wear them out <laughs> quite like you do what do you play for a ball and what kind of uh marking do you put on the ball uh yeah so i um do tireless pro v1 which i think a couple of years ago they like switched the ball it was kind of weird but um the, the whatever the low spinning one is um then usually i just do three uh, green dots um, around the number. So that's my, that's my normal marking. Yeah. Um, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> right. This little section I'm going to, I'm going to call gimmies. Uh, gimmies, you know, obviously okay. are usually fairly easy, but sometimes your buddy makes you putt it out and turns out to be a harder mm-hmm. putt, but these should be pretty sort of yeah. rapid fire and easy. So uh, what's your favorite course in New Hampshire? Baker Hill. I would agree with that. Of the ones I've gotten to play. Uh, what's your favorite club in your bag? Driver. Uh, multiple choice on this one. Uh, favorite golf shot. You have the options of uh, just a crush driver, flushing a mid iron, or draining a long putt. Uh, I would say draining a long putt because it doesn't happen too often. So <laughs> I'd choose that one. <laughs> um, current favorite player on the LPGA or PGA tours? Um, I guess I'll, I'll give you two. Probably PGA Tour, I'd, I'd say Rory McIlroy and LPGA Nelly Corda. Good. And is there a course on your bucket list anywhere that you haven't yet played that you really want to play? I mean, I, I guess the one behind you in your background would probably be number <laughs> one. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's not a it's not an um, unexpected answer, but I, I'd say Augusta, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, last question is sort of the big one for golfers. Um, what is it about this game that you love so much? That's that's a great question. I mean, I think for me, um, the family aspect of it. You know, I, I when you were saying how you got introduced to golf and play with your dad and your grandmother, I that speaks to me. I play with my dad all the time. My sister played. My mom's trying to play. Uh, my uncle, cousin, so many people um, in my family play, and um, I've gotten, you know, made a lot of friends from it. So I think that aspect of it is really special. Um, you know, getting to spend four hours with people on a nice summer day, you really can't beat that. Um, I guess more more specifically, I the, just how technically um, complicated it is, and I feel like it's the golf swing in general is probably the most um, complicated on a technical basis, like motion in sports. So trying to unpack that and, you know, figure it out and figure out what works for you is kind of a never ending pursuit um, that my dad and I frequently talk about. Um, And I think that part of it is really, really fun. Um, But, you know, and also the competitive aspect, I feel like golf, by itself is so much fun, but competitive golf is just a different level. And it's just, um, you get addicted to, you know, that feeling of 
being close to the lead or competing, being under the gun um, and under pressure. And, um, you know, it's something you search for. Um, kind of similarly, that same like feeling when you flush an iron or a drive or make a long putt, it's, it's addicting, so. Yeah, well said. Well, listen, I really enjoyed talking with you. Um, I appreciate your time. appreciate you coming on the show and I wish you the best of luck with your tournaments this season. Yeah, thank you, Micah. You as well. And thanks so much for having me and um, hope to see you out there on the, uh, the New Hampshire amateur circuit. Yeah, yeah. Like, hope to run into you this summer. Thank you for listening. Granite State Golfers is produced by Dew Sweeper Productions. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, tee it up, have fun, and go low.